You're listening to the Small Business Talk podcast with Kathy Smith. Small Business Talk is a podcast for business owners and entrepreneurs who want a better way to run their businesses without spending years doing it the hard way. Small Business Talk is hosted by Kathy Smith, who has run the same marketing agency for more than 17 years and helped hundreds of business owners achieve their marketing goals. Welcome to Small Business Talk, episode 126. Today, my guest is Mel Blackmore from Blackmore's UK. So welcome, Mel. Hi, Cathy. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome. And today we're going to talk about how to scale your business using ISO standards. Now, I'm fully aware of the fact that there are ISO standards, but I don't know that much about them. And I'd imagine that some of our audience are the same. So can you let us know what ISO standards are and how they can help our businesses? Yeah, so ISO actually stands for International Standards Organisation. And these are international standards of best practice to help businesses. There are lots of other different types of ISO standards for products, you know, on a, say, a fire extinguisher. So we don't deal with any of those types of things. We just deal with standards for businesses. So the aim of the business is to provide a framework for running a business successfully. So the most popular ISO standard is ISO 9001, which many of your listeners may have heard of. Uh, So that's quite often a prerequisite to tender in some industries like construction or manufacturing, engineering. Uh, Yes, so there's ultimately the ISO standards. In terms of what they are, they're actually a document which provides a specification. So it provides almost like an instruction in terms of what a business could do in terms of, let's say, environmental management. It could be ISO 14001, how to have an environmental policy, environmental procedures and things like that. Well, that does sound very interesting. And yes, as you say, there are lots of different ones, but I know that they need to be kept updated and there's a a bit of work involved in that. Can you tell us how that's going to benefit our businesses and how that might be the first step to scaling a business? In terms of the most popular ISO standards, we could look at some of those. The most popular one, as I said, is ISO 9001, but that's now actually closely followed by ISO 27001, information security, environmental management. That is really, really popular at the moment. And even though it's been around for many years, it's actually growing in demand at the moment. So that's ISO 14001. And of course, health and safety. So that's ISO 45001. If a company is looking to go about implementing one of these standards, let's say ISO 9001, that could be used for a small business to help them to develop their policies, their procedures, their templates that they might want to use within a business. And so what that does is it helps to provide a system for running their business. It's like their business blueprint based on the requirements of an international quality standard of best practice. In terms of helping a business to use it to scale, I think that was one of the questions in there as well. Ultimately, it helps the owner of a business, if it's a small business, to get out of their own way (laughs) in some respects. We all know that running a small business, you're wearing many, many caps and there's such a lot of information in your head. And ultimately, although you are great at doing all things, you shouldn't really be doing all of those things. And at some point, if you want to grow, you do need to delegate that responsibility. Let's say when I first started Blackmores, which was 15 years ago, and I took on my first employee, I took on somebody who was already 
and experienced consultant. And I expected them to kind of deliver the service in the way that I delivered. But I was wrong about that. And as a result of that, I actually made a note of all of the things that I did and over time developed my own quality management system, even though it was only a very small business at the time, so that others could actually do things the way that I wanted things to be done. So that meant I didn't have to worry about that service being delivered in a way that I didn't think was good enough. And so my ethos was always about going above and beyond to deliver to our clients. So without having a system and communicating that to these employees, there wasn't any chance of us growing at all. We've had lots of different cases of businesses that we've helped that have grown exponentially as a result of having ISO standards. And I think that's so true, isn't it? We just think everybody will do it our way. A lot of things, there's multiple ways to do it. So by having that all systematized and having it to an international qualification, it means that if you are tendering for things or if you're going cross states or cross countries, that you do have that even keel. Everything's going to be done the same way. And yes, I think we've all made mistakes on our first employee, but that's all part of the business journey as well. We've got to make those mistakes so that we can learn. But by implementing some of these standards and getting these procedures in place, hopefully that will help to prevent some of the other people coming along that won't have to make quite some of the mistakes we've made. In our pre-chat before we went live, we were talking about how you've been able to adapt during COVID and you were mentioning that you've actually brought on a membership site. So can you tell us a bit about how that would fit into an ISO standard and scaling your business? Obviously, all businesses have been affected by COVID and the pandemic of the last 15 months or so. And at the time, we went into BCP mode. Um, fortunately, ISO 22301 is one of the standards that we implement, which is business continuity. So we were responded very swiftly to that and very quickly moved online. So typically, in terms of the way that we work, it's like a traditional consultancy model whereby we would our consultants would go and visit our clients on site, in person, and we would spend a day with them on a particular activity. So that could be carrying out a gap analysis, for example. Fortunately, we were able to adjust and to work remotely, which was brilliant. But at the time, I felt that it would be really great if we could actually offer almost like a Netflix version of ISO standard support online via a membership. Because we started our podcast about 18 months ago and we've got an international audience and we do have about 20% of our clients are, are based overseas. And I thought, well, actually, if we are looking at a scalable model for growth, it's going to be quite slow if we continue to do the one-to-one consultancy. So I wanted to leverage our business so that we could provide a mechanism to go from one to many. And so that's why the membership option was something that I seriously wanted to consider. Now at the time, this is back in the summer last year in 2020, there were a number of different government initiatives to help businesses to be more innovative as a result of COVID and also to help businesses to be more sustainable because obviously many businesses across the organisation are looking to meet a net zero target on carbon. A lot of governments have made a pledge to be net carbon zero by, say, 2030 or 2050, depends on on which country you're located in. I knew that if we were to create a membership site, it might actually take us a year or two. So I applied for this competition, this grant, in order to be able to, A, get endorsement that a membership option was going to be viable commercially, as well as make a positive impact on the planet through helping businesses to be more sustainable. And also to look at the global audience as far as ISO standard support was concerned. I failed at the first 
hurdle because so there were two rounds of this funding. But the great thing about that application was that on every single question that I answered where I had to put a business case together, I had five different assessors giving me feedback. And so what I did was I took that feedback and I applied again. I thought, okay, I'm not going to let this beat me. I believe that a membership is the way to go. It will be a game changer. It is an innovation that we haven't got within our profession in terms of delivering ISO standards. So undeterred, I went for it again. And thankfully, we did get funding. So that enabled us to bring in uh, developers and also to allow consultants within our team time to develop the content for the membership portal. But we only had a very short period of time to do it. One of the requirements of this funding project was that we had to deliver the project in three months. So that's including putting together our content strategy, looking for developer, what's the right platform, the technology, what's going to be our route to market. So there were lots of different things that we had to consider within a very short period of time. But thankfully, we did it and we launched just last month, actually. For any type of service-based business, it's really beneficial if you can try and reach a wider audience. And for me, I'm really passionate about standards, as you can probably tell. (laughs) Uh, They they make a difference in terms of helping with not just sustainability, but also productivity and profitability. We wanted to be able to reach as many people as possible. And hopefully that that will be my legacy that we leave behind when we come to exit the business. Fantastic. So that's really made a a difference in your business and it could certainly make a difference in other service providers' businesses, particularly when they're looking at going global, not just in their local area. From the membership site, which was done in three months, which is absolutely amazing. So congratulations on that. How else would you suggest that people would be implementing the ISO standards to help get their business to be more robust and then also be able to grow? Yeah, so of course you can go onto the ISOlogy hub, so that's the name of the membership, and that is a DIY version. So that means that for a low cost, you can get access to professional consultancy support, ultimately, rather than having somebody going into your premises to be able to do it. The first thing that you could do is obviously go onto the ISOlogy hub, and you can download a free ISO standards blueprint. Now, that's a blueprint to implement any ISO standards. So if you're thinking, well, is a quality management system the best way for me? If you're a tech company, it could be ISO 27001, which is all about information security. If sustainability is really important to your stakeholders, then it could be ISO 14001. But this ISO standards blueprint will help you to kind of determine which is the standard for your business right now, and also how you can go about planning it. That's something that we're providing free of charge. Once you download that, that in effect gives you a toolkit for everything that you need to consider for planning, creating, launching your management system right through to getting ready for an assessment. So I'd say that would probably be the starting point, Cathy. And then, of course, if that is of interest, then you can go onto the ISOlogy Hub and we take you through step by step how to implement an ISO standard on there. I think some people are quite daunted by the ISO standards because at the end of the day, they are a technical document. But the whole point of the ISOlogy Hub is there are tutorials, checklists, downloads to help you. So we basically interpret the requirements so that you can be more sustainable, productive and profitable. Fantastic. And being an international standard, I would imagine that it would be very similar, if not the same, all the way across the world. 
Absolutely. And in fact, ISOlogy is based on the seven steps to implementing any ISO standard. So that's something that we've developed over the last 15 years through implementing ISO standards successfully for hundreds of businesses. So it's a proven methodology. So that would save businesses a lot of time and effort in terms of working out where do we even begin with an ISO standard. The ISOlogy is processed to implement any ISO standard. Fantastic. So ISO standards are internationally recognised in all countries, is that correct? Yes. There's actually a website called ISO.org and they publish the number of certificates by country and also by sector. So if your listeners are interested in, if you're in manufacturing or a construction organisation and you're thinking, okay, so how many organisations in my country, let's say Australia or in America, are certified to ISO 14001? And you can go on there and find that information out. Okay, that's great. So particularly if you're going for tenders or larger government contracts, they may be a prerequisite. So you'll be able to see how many other people are in your local area that would have it. So yeah, that would be a wonderful resource for people to check on. Okay, so we've decided that we're going down the the path of becoming ISO accredited. We've got our checklist going. We're starting to go through the things there. If we decided that we wanted to go it alone, what would be the best way to start after the checklist? Do you have any steps on where to go and how to do it from there? I would purchase a copy of the standard, first of all, so that you know what it is that you're actually implementing and carry out your own gap analysis. So if you're not using, you know, not having any support with a consultancy firm or with ISOlogy Hub, you'd carry out your own gap analysis. And that would be to identify where you're currently complying with a standard. So let's say if it's the environmental standard, where the standard says shall, that's something that you've got to have. So if it says you shall have a documented environmental policy statement, that's the, something that you need to provide when it comes to the assessment. So you go through all the different requirements within that standard. So have you got an environmental policy? Do you have objectives? Have you understood what your environmental footprint is? What are your operational controls? How do you monitor and measure it? So you go through your business and you look at what you've currently got in place as far as any documented policies and procedures. The other thing that I would do next is to look at potential champions within your organisation to support you on this journey. More often than not, now company will have various employees that are really passionate about acting responsibly and doing the right thing as far as the environment's concerned. So it'd be great to get those people together so that they can really help to drive momentum for your project. Because the next stage is really to document the controls that you need and to understand what environmental footprint is, set your objectives and then develop controls to make it happen. And then, of course, when it comes to the launch, that's the next thing that you would do. You need to make sure that you've got a really clear communications plan. This could include coinciding your launch with World Environment Day. There are lots of different things like this that that could be relevant. And it could also coincide with one of your monthly meetings or an annual strategy day, you know, things like that. So you do really want to create a bit of a buzz about this new launch because obviously you want everybody's buy-in and you want everybody to be empowered to take responsibility for that system to make it a success. And that would be fantastic. And that would also be a media opportunity too, because especially if you're doing it on a World Environment Day or something similar, depending on the standard, that that would be something different that you might be able to get some free publicity on. 
I think that's talking about marketing. I think that's an opportunity that a lot of businesses miss out on. Really, quite often businesses are looking to implement ISO standards because they are a client requirement or a tender requirement, but they don't actually realise that they could be talking about their journey to implementing, let's say, an environmental management system on social media channels on their website. We actually have a free client success media pack. It's almost like a sweet shop of different options for you to be able to pick and mix from in order to be able to promote not just your commitment to whatever it may be, let's say it's environmental management, but also to celebrate your success once you've achieved certification. That's so important. And to give thanks to all of those people that have been involved and also to share the impact that your business is going to be making as a result of these changes. And that's something that your clients will love to hear about and also your prospects as well. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It is a great marketing opportunity for businesses too. Yes, perfect. Because sometimes that may be the make or break between prospects deciding to go with you or to go with somebody else. And like you say, it may be a client requirement because you're doing a tender, but it definitely has that positive impact. And yeah, it can be repurposed and used in many ways in your marketing. So definitely don't overlook that opportunity that is there for you. Okay, so we've decided we're going to go down there. We've launched and we've done a bit of marketing. Now, do we have to keep renewing these or updating them? What are the requirements for ISO? Once you've actually completed the assessment and your organisation is certified, let's say to ISO 14001, you get a copy of that certificate. You would use that logo on proposals, on your website, etc. And that certificate is actually valid for three years. What that basically means is that you go through a recertification visit every three years, but you also have an annual visit from a certification body just to check that everything's working okay. And some certification bodies call that a surveillance audit. I don't really like the phrase, but... <laughs> um, Sounds a bit scary. But that's really where the value comes into actually getting certification. So some organisations will just use the standards to adopt that framework and to implement a better way of working. Others do actually go for certification. So remember, you don't necessarily have to go for certification, but if it's going to be advantageous from a commercial perspective, then yes, that's what a lot of businesses do. But the reason that ISO standards are in demand and they have been for many years is because it's not just you saying that your business is great or your business is environmentally friendly. The difference between that and actually going for independent third-party certification is that there is a method that is used that's approved by an accreditation body. Okay, so in the UK, for example, it's UCAS and they accredit certification bodies like BSI or SGS and it will be the same in every other country across the globe. Now, what that means is it brings additional credibility and confidence that, you know, you're not just saying that you're great, you've got another independent third-party certification body actually in endorsing that. So that's why it's requested in a lot of tenders. And that's great too, because it's not just a case of passing the tests the first time and getting credited. It is actually making sure that you maintain those standards. So if you are ISO accredited, that everybody's going to know that you are up to that stage. It's not a case of just paying a fee and then putting a logo on your website. It's a case of making sure that you are implementing those, which is a perfect way to scale your business. Like you say, they're all for different sections. And it may be a case of getting one side of your business really honed in and sorted. And then you can look at an additional side as well. 
That's right. And the fundamental principles of all ISO standards, and this is something that they've all got in common, is that they're all based on continual improvement. And as we know, if we want to grow our business, we've got to keep improving, we've got to keep innovating, meeting our clients' needs and going above and beyond. The continual improvement methodology is based on Deming's Plan, Do, Check, Act model, which some of your listeners may have heard of. So he's a quality guru from many years ago, but he's got an outstanding reputation. And they're the fundamental principles of all those ISO standards. And that's fabulous because, as we know, what was exceptional a few years ago is now the norm. And in a few years' time, (laughs) we won't even be thinking of why was that implemented because it's just less than the norm. So continual implementation is always a good thing. Okay, so on a final note, Mel, is there anything else you think that we should be doing in regards to ISO standards? start to think about and potentially plan your journey with implementing an ISO standard and I think it would be good if your listeners could just take a step back and reflect on the systems that they've got within their businesses and just say okay have we actually got a blueprint for running our business that we think that is going to help us to scale and to be more profitable productive and sustainable and also to reduce risk as well in the future so yeah it's about future proofing our businesses by having that system in place so that you've got that mechanism for growth another thing to consider is that having a system like that in place will add value to your business if you are looking at the future if you're looking not just at the next year or three years but potentially the next 10 years and an exit strategy you might want to think about the value that having a system in place brings uh, because obviously that's going to add, add value to the business when it comes to exit That's fantastic. So you touched on two points there. One is risk. So that can be a a risk mitigation strategy and being able to show that you have that may be an advantage for your insurance. So definitely remember to tell your insurance company. Obviously, different countries have different insurance requirements. But if you are ISO standard, I'm sure they'll look at that favorably. So remember to let your insurance company know that you have now been accredited for ISO. And the other thing you touched on was an ex strategy. So of course, most people will know that businesses are worth so much more when you don't have a key person dependent. So having those systems will alleviate that key person dependency because your job and other key people can be replicated. So remember to think about those lines. So yes, it takes a little bit of work, but it will actually help you to not only scale, but possibly increase the value of your business as well. So that has been fantastic, Mel. A lot of different ways to think about ISO that I personally had not, so I'm sure other listeners will be the same. So at this point in the podcast, we're down to the final five questions. Are you game for me to ask you five questions? Yes, go on, far away. (laughs) What is the best advice given to you by a mentor? One that I live by is discipline equals freedom. And that was actually something that I took from one of Tim Ferriss's book. And I think that not just in business, but also in other areas. So fitness, diet, mindfulness, things like that. So I think if you can be disciplined and say, okay, well, today I'm going to spend just 10 minutes doing this. It could be a meditation. Then that gives you the freedom to then, for me, you know, expand my mind and things like that. But also from a work perspective, I've got three things that I have to do today. Having that discipline then gives me the freedom to do other things as well. Yes, definitely. And you did mention one of our previous podcasts where we were talking about time management and freedom. And that was definitely things that came up there is systems actually make your life freer, not the other way around, which is what we quite often think. Okay, so what is the biggest help you have received since starting your business? 
I would say my husband works with me. After I started the company 15 years ago and after a couple of years, he then came to work for the business and he's a finance director within our company and he is always there to act as a sounding board and I think that's invaluable and also to keep me on the straight and narrow, <laughs> to keep me focused. So I think that's one thing. But also there's been quite a lot of help from, at the moment, if we just look over the last year, there is a scale-up institute in the UK and and because of the innovation grant that we were awarded last year for our Isology Hub uh, membership creation, that means that I'm automatically now onto a scale-up program, which is proven to be really helpful. Fantastic. And I think that is definitely very important to have good mentors around you that can help you, whether they be within your business or if that's not possible to get them externally to your business. So that's a great tip. What is the one thing that you need to do every day? Actually, it's, it's meditation. So it's literally just 10 minutes in the morning, but that helps me to focus. As a managing director, I've got lots of different responsibilities, but that just helps to set the scene for the day and to make sure that I am focused and also uh, to be thankful for what I have at Grateful. So, so that's something that I do every day. Fantastic. And I think, yes, gratitude is definitely something that we quite often overlook when we're busy if we're not focusing on it. What is your favourite business book and why? Well, I've got a few, actually. The one that had greatest influence on me is probably Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Workweek. And that's purely down to the fact that by minimising what we do, we can actually achieve more. You've got a lot on your plate. But actually, if you can rein yourself in from doing everything, you minimise that and then delegate and give that responsibility to other people and implement the systems that you've got, then it can be more effective so that you've actually got time to work on the business as opposed to working in the business. Yeah, I think another book, John Warrilow's Built to Sell, that's a good one too. So yeah, there are, there are quite a few. And yeah, I generally get through one business book a week. <laughs> marketing or yeah an avid reader of uh, business best practice books excellent and I think that's bringing back to systems again having systems does really free up your time so perfect there okay and our very last question is what do you wish you had known when you started out that you are actually capable of achieving more than you think and actually, I think it's really important to have faith and confidence in your ability. And also, in terms of business, you can really achieve whatever you want to achieve. And you can't do everything, but you could actually do anything you wanted to do. And I think that's true. Once again, getting back to your systems and making sure that you've got the right people and the right education. And if you do have that skills gap, then either bringing somebody in or getting some more training on that. So that works perfectly. So thank you very much, Mel. So you have mentioned your Isology Hub. So where can people find that? Yeah, so it's just www.isologyhub.com. Com. You can also find a lot more information about standards on our Blackmores website as well. So that's blackmoresuk.com. Fantastic. And thank you very much for your time. And is there anything that we haven't covered that you think our listeners would need to know? No, I'd just like to say thanks very much for having me, Cathy. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Fantastic. And we will link all of those to the show notes. So thank you very much, Mel. I appreciate your time and your wisdom. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe to Small Business Talk podcast and head on over to smallbusinesstalk.com.au forward slash downloads.
for all the show notes and links to this episode. Remember, to be great, you must start. Pick one tip from today's episode, take action and implement it. Let's meet again next week at the same time and place. Until then, take action. And SBT community, enjoy your journey.